You are listening to special pandemic coverage of the coronavirus on The John DePietro Show. J.K.L. Engineering. Folks, whether it's wintertime, spring, or summer, they'll keep you nice and comfortable in your home. Why not let J.K.L. Engineering let them design and install a natural gas, high-efficiency carrier infinity system? Energy-efficient, quiet, more affordable than you think. No gas, no problem. Let J.K.L. Engineering design and install a high-efficiency heat pump system, including ductless splits. Heats in the winter, cools in the summer. These units are so efficient, it can reduce your oil bill as by as much as 90%. They have the highest rebates in the market, and they also do new installation replacement of high-efficiency gas boilers. Now, J.K.L., is a carrier factory authorized dealer. They're licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Folks, let's face it. Being inside, being comfortable in your home, is there anything more important right now with what we're going through? Call J.K.L. Engineering. Central Air is a game changer for your life. Talk about improving quality of life. Here's what I'm saying. J.K.L., they'll keep you warm in the wintertime and cool in the summertime. 53 years of experience, their reputation, Second to none, whether you're in Rhode Island or Massachusetts, call J.K.L. Engineering today. Estimates are free. Financing is available for both residential and commercial. Call my friends at J.K.L. 401-351-7600. Remember, estimates are free. Financing is available. Let's be nice and comfortable in your home. J.K.L. 401-351-7600. Folks, it's John DePietro weekdays. We start at 11. We go till 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Joining us right now, he uh, covers Rhode Island for the Boston Globe. It is uh, Dan McGowan. And, Dan, let's start off with the, uh, the takeover of the Providence schools. Uh, at least people have been waiting for this information regarding the new education commissioner and the new superintendent of the Providence schools. Yeah, I mean, the the I think the, the thing that's very interesting about this or plan that came out is there's not much of a plan at all. Uh, I mean, you know, you and I spent mo- pretty much the entire summer last year, you know, going over the uh, what I think we both thought was pretty brilliant maneuvering by the commissioner to, um, you know, really kind of grab the community's attention, uh, certainly grab reporters' attention, public officials. Um, and really gain a ton of momentum to take over the school system. Uh, and, and she was extremely successful in doing that. And so the, the next factor, you know, the, of course they wanted to hire a superintendent, but the real big uh, uh, situation, you know, uh, thing we were waiting for was this, this turnaround plan. And, you know, it got delayed a little bit, obviously, because of the coronavirus, which is understandable. But the report or the plan that they came out with this week sets a lot of really high uh, bars, a lot of goals that are uh, going to be very difficult to achieve. I mean, we're talking quadrupling um, test scores in many of the grades. We're talking uh, um, dramatic reductions in in both student and teacher absenteeism. Uh, All things that, that we would all agree are are. You know things that, that any district in the state and in the country, quite frankly, would want to do, but th- this plan doesn't quite spell out how they're going to get there. And the commissioner, I talked, you know, I talked to the commissioner on Monday night, uh, the day before the the, 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 the the plan came out, and she acknowledged there are two huge factors here that are unknowns. Number one is the teachers' contract, which is the most important thing because. Uh, both she and the, the superintendent said to me, you won't get anything done if you don't change the, the, the teacher's contract. And then number two is, of course, money, right? Uh, and we're, we're facing huge deficits uh, at the state level, and so there's a lot of uncertainty around funding. But I really think that teacher's contract is, is the uh, end-all, be-all right here, and we didn't hear very much about you know, what they want to do with the teacher's contract in this plan. Dan, where, what are the sticking points with this contract? Because as you've covered, you're the one that broke the story that Randy Weingarten was involved. The education commissioner was actually even communicating with Randy Weingarten of the American Federation of Teachers. To me, Mary Beth Calabro, you know, all due respect, she is the head of the Providence Teachers Union. But this, this goes to a higher level. I see her more as an implementer as opposed to devising the strategy. But do we have a sense of what are 
the points that maybe they are at odds over? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that there's there's two separate factors. When you look at it from the national landscape, the challenge that national teachers, the the, the, AA, the American Federation of Teachers, Brandy Weingarten, um, and nationally with the NEA, the National Education Association, the challenge they have when a local district, especially a high-profile one, something in a capital city like ours, uh, the challenge they have is even when there is momentum to create change, what you don't want to do if you're a union is, is set a precedent for everybody else to do everything you're doing. And that is something that happens all the time. You and I talked a lot over the last year about Lawrence, Massachusetts, which same situation as Providence, failing school district, state comes in, takes over. And the unions actually did concede a lot. And where that backfires is, now everybody that wants to do school reform in the country says, wait, you know, the, the teachers in Lawrence, Massachusetts agreed to a bunch of changes, and that's very much what's happening here. So I think, you know, the, the phrase that obviously always comes to mind is, is the status quo, um, and, and that has obviously negative connotations. But if you're a national union, you don't want to force every, you know, one of your members to do the same thing as the you know, the district that's in dire circumstances. On the local level, look, it, it always comes down to money. I, I think um, I think the teachers in Providence would agree to a bunch of different changes. I'm, I think that around the edges, they would not support um, significant changes to the way uh, you hire and fire teachers. They might, they might be willing to give a little bit of flexibility and things like that, but they're pretty confident that the system as it stands works. Um, but I think everything else, you know, if you wanted to extend the school day a little bit, if you wanted to, um, you know, give more maybe principals some more authority in schools, I think they'd all be willing to do it as long as, you know, there were some guarantee or, or some level of promise that there weren't going to be mass layoffs and that potentially you're going to pay teachers more. Um, I, I think Honestly, I think the state wants to do that, but they, now then that's where the money factor comes in. They've got a challenge here, and from the, the commissioner's perspective, and, and certainly the superintendent feels this way, they want they don't want to move the teacher's contract slightly. They want to – I mean, if I, I, I would imagine if you gave them a truth serum, they would say, we'd love to blow it up and start it all over again. Um, that's, of course, not going to happen. That's not sort of – that's not really how this works, but – um, you know, I think they want to dramatically overhaul. I think they, I think they want the ability to fire and hire teachers uh, in, in in a much quicker fashion. Um, I think they want to be able to move teachers, you know, to either where they have strengths or you know, if there's weaknesses in a teacher, to be able to move them around. I think they want a lot of that flexibility, um, and 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 it's going to be kind of your standard union fight. Now they're meeting. Mondays and Thursdays, they, uh, this is what the commissioner told me, um, and they have been meeting for a little while now, Mondays and Thursdays, uh, and you know, both sides seem to say that, that the conversations are going well. I think they had one kind of blow-up conversation where, where uh, the, the teachers were, or, uh, the commissioner didn't feel like she was being respected by the teachers. Since then, I'm told that, that they're going uh, they're going at this and, and having these conversations. They're all day sessions. They're long. It takes a long time to get this stuff done. Uh, but we have no sign yet, John, of when this is actually going to happen. Um, and you know, as you know, coronavirus has pushed everything. And so, it, you know, at this point, is it a guarantee that they're going to have a new contract in place by the time schools start August thirty first? I would say it's not a guarantee. What did she mean when the education commissioner Afonte Green said? She thought the contract or the focus was too adult centric. What did she put that? Can you put that in context for us? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's probably what you and I think as well, which is very much you know a lot of the the management rights in contracts. Again, the ability to move to, to fire teachers if, if you don't think they're performing. Um, those are the things that get protected in these contracts, right? That's the entire point, in many ways, of, of of labor unions, right? To try to get fair pay or more pay, and to try to protect members. And I, I think that what the commissioner is speaking to, and she's you know, she's been pretty consistent about this, I think, since, the, since she got here, is she finds herself in a lot of conversations, whether it's with union members, elected officials, uh, you know, people at, at, within her department, who always seem to have a story about, 
the teacher who you know the, the, their friend or their their cousin who is a really good teacher and doesn't uh, get treated the right way and in too many times I think she's asked to consider the, these anecdotal stories about this one person or that one person and very rarely do you end up talking about the what what you actually need to happen which is you need to dramatically improve. Uh, student outcomes. So I think that's what she's getting at. Um, I think it's a, it's a tested line. It's very clear. She, she has beat that drum for a long time. Uh, you know, students over adults. Uh, and, and I think you're going to, I think you're going to see more of a, uh, another kind of level of a campaign, just like last summer, uh, this year to really try to kind of, uh, uh, gain public momentum as these negotiations continue. You know, it's interesting, and again, folks, we're speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. Dan, also, I mean, you broke this week. It happened on Monday, and that's when the governor did the executive order with the state name change, which we're going to touch on. But the the distance learning for three of the high schools, especially with Hope High School, uh, the most popular, absolutely atrocious and and frightening. And the, the number of students, percentage high school students at Hope High School that are chronically absent during the distance learning – it's basically, it's it's incredible to look at the numbers. Well, Tony, if I told you that, uh, imagine in, in you know in East Greenwich or anywhere else uh, that a third of students uh, uh, were were missing at least ten percent of the school day, so a third of students are chronically absent. You would say that's crazy. That's uh, that must be a mistake. Or what is? You know, you'd ask what's going on there. Uh, in Providence, they're saying. Boy, that's actually an improvement compared to in school, <laughs> uh, a slight improvement. It's, it's a couple of points up. Uh, the, the bottom line is the, 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 while distance learning may have was a necessity, it was clearly a necessity you know, during the, the coronavirus, um, you know, a third of students, that's, we're talking 8,000 students in the city of Providence, you know, we're, we're, we're absent pretty frequently. 33% of them were absent at least uh, at least 10% of the year or at least 10% of distance learning. Uh, and, and you're right, at the high school level, it gets even worse. Uh, you know, there were there were a thousand or so students uh, who, who, who missed 50% of the days in distance learning. Now, what we don't know is how many of those students were seniors and how many of them graduated with that level of absenteeism uh that's another thing that i'd like to poke around on and, and learn more about which i will but yeah i mean the, these numbers are and it's funny i talked to an expert out of uh, the uh, uh, washington uh, the university of washington and sometimes I, I think we all gloss over at these you know you hear a bunch of numbers and you say okay well absenteeism is a problem but the the, the, the expert out of, out of washington a woman named robin lake lake said to me no, this is this is not normal. This is not even for tough school districts. This is really bad. Um, and you know, her suggestion was maybe they should ask the kids why they're uh, why they're missing so much school. Why do they hate school so much? Um, it is a it's a dramatic. It's it's a major problem. It's one of the biggest problems in the district. Now, teacher absenteeism is another problem. Uh, there, there's a bunch of problems, but but absenteeism. I mean, if you just say it simply, if you're not in school, it's very hard to learn. And Dan McGowan, I, I mean, you tell me, but it almost seems that people would uh, look at it like a fencing match because it's as if the union, Mary Beth Calabro, they have a folder that if they, if if the the district, if the superintendent, whoever, if someone brings up test scores, you bring up a story of a child who's a success. If they bring up teachers you bring up a story that you have as you say anecdotal of a teacher who's committed i you never see the teachers especially it's the teachers union they never concede that teachers are chronically absent that there's a bad teacher they they never concede a point to them the kids are tremendous unbelievable success stories everyone's dedicated if you listen to the union and especially this pushback in mount pleasant as that new superintendent is saying, listen, not everyone's, you know, cut out for where Meredith Calabro, by the way, is a teacher. Not everyone is cut out for a turnaround. Immediately, you know, they want to let get the principal out of Mount Pleasant. They start the petition. The kids step forward. They're so committed. It is. It, it just seems like it's constantly going around in a circle. Well, you, you, you said it well. I mean, the, 
there, you know, it, it's, as, it's as though there's a folder and, and an excuse for everything. Um, I mean, there is in many ways a playbook, right? Yes. That is, that's exactly how this works. I mean, the thing you and I talked to uh, talked about last summer, what was the first thing that came up after, you know, this, this horrific report comes out from Johns Hopkins? Well, suddenly everybody's worried about, you know, ceilings falling down yep. on children and, and, and everything. And, you know, to some degree, it's effective. Look, the schools are in terrible shape, and 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 I, and I get where the, the teachers are coming from. But as I as I've said to you, you know, you, when when things are good, when folks just have just signed a new contract, I don't get the same level of emails and calls about how Mount Pleasant is falling apart right. or, or any other school in the city um, as I do when backs are against the wall. So this is a very common tactic. It's really it's going to be an interesting strategy if the commissioner does go, uh, I'll use the phrase, go to war, I mean, you know, goes to war with, with the union uh, here because, you know, it, it's almost it, on a very separate but, but you know, another factor, another thing that's happening in, in society right now, you're seeing extreme pushback all across the country to police unions, right? You're seeing calls for change in Rhode Island. It's the Law Enforcement Bill of Rights, things like that. Uh, there, it's clear that the attitude, I think, um, of even Democrats who are generally supportive of unions, uh, the attitude towards the police has very much changed. We don't see that same level of outrage when it comes to teachers' unions. It's still very much believed that all teachers are heroes, or, or you know, most teachers are heroes, and you don't get into that sort of nitty gritty. You know, you see the commissioner talking. She, she did this in a press conference with reporters yesterday, um, hinting, and not not even so much hinting, but but referring to this idea that there's a lot of racism in the schools. Um, she didn't really back that up, uh, but she says she's going to mandate having having all teachers take uh, you know, anti-racism training, things like that. Uh, it, it's going to be interesting if that's the tactic the commissioner plays to to say. Look, we have we have the same problems as every other union. It, you know, there, there's protections, things like that, and it'll be interesting to see how the public responds to that. Because I'm not sure they look at teachers the way, the, uh, similar to the way they look at the police right now. Folks, it's Dave McGowan of the Boston Globe on the John DePietro Show. Coming up, we are going to talk about police and fire at odds, Columbus statue. Also, his uh, colleague at Fitzpatrick was tested. It's all ahead, right here with Dave McGowan of the Boston Globe on the John DePietro Show. Remember, for your business, MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Call them today, 508-336-21. MEG, MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Commercial trailers, diesel equipment. Remember, free estimates. Call them today, 508-336-2110. MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. FHWA Inspections or Rhode Island State Inspection Station. Trailer Pickup and Delivery. 24-hour mobile service. ABS repairs, brakes, doors. If it's on a trailer, they can fix it. Mega truck and trailer repair. Call them 508-336-2110. 508-336-2110 for Mega truck and trailer repair. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. This portion of the program brought to you by Bethel certified soft wash let's make sure your house and property looks the best it can look right now spring is the time you can text jared free same day text estimate 401-617-2585 they have a great facebook page bethel certified soft wash let's get rid of that algae mildew that's outside in your home the side of your home on your pavement on your patio maybe it's on the basketball court Bethel Certified Softwash. They have a great Facebook page. Jared, the before and after pictures are just incredible. What your home could look like or your garage, your property, with Bethel Certified Softwash Power Wash. Now, Jared, he came to our house. Folks, it looks brand new. 
get rid of you know it just happens you build up some of that algae and mildew and maybe sometimes you just have some dirt and grime bethel certified soft wash power wash especially now we're spending more time outside you want your house and property to look the best it can jared did a fantastic job my neighbors are saying my goodness juan look how beautiful your house look it looks so clean my kid said daddy it's like the house got a bath i said it did get a bath from bethel certified soft wash text jared free same day text estimate 401-617-2585 find them on facebook it's bethel certified soft wash it's going to make your property your home your deck your walkway any outdoor surface he can get rid of it as far as the algae mildew gets rid of it with a very safe solution it's bethel certified soft wash folks it's sean DePietro with me he's dan mcgowan of the boston globe now dan um boy there's still fallout from that uh firefighter uh that went on um went on channel 12 in the middle of the protest the very beginning one that almost famous one now where governor mundo came out at the end without a mask on but he talked about being profiled uh because he was just the color of his skin sitting in a car in fire uniform since then commissioner perry did an investigation found that there was no racial profiling but boy there is there's real bad blood between police and fire as a result of that and it looks like now today and you're, I believe, breaking the story that the police are going to take a vote of no confidence against, I believe, Mayor Lorza, Public Safety Commissioner Stephen Perry, and the president of the student, of the um, city council, Sabina Matos. That's right. Yeah, this is a this is an interesting and, and it's a it's a major development. Uh, one thing you don't see very often, at least not in the last decade that I've been a reporter here. Uh, you don't see a lot of no-confidence votes from the Providence Public Safety Unions. Even when uh, the firefighters had their big fight with Merrill Lorza, there was not a, uh, there was never a no-confidence vote uh, of the commissioner, Perry, or, or of the mayor. Um, you know, I think no-confidence votes were, were a little bit more common on the police side uh, when Dean Esserman was the chief. But, uh, you know, the what's happening here is uh this this ongoing fallout um and this this real major dispute between the the firefighters union and the police and i'm not sure how it gets resolved and if you think about it you know i know there's a lot of there's a lot of outrage i think from from some of the more liberal folks in our city about well what this is a terrible message that the police are sending but think about it if you're the union especially if you're the union leadership you're looking at this and you're saying my guys were treated unfairly. They were cleared of any wrongdoing. What are we supposed to do? Uh, you know, sit back and, and allow everybody to, to, to call us racist and things like that. They think a, a vote of no confidence is one way to really signal that they're, uh, you know, extremely disappointed. Um, I believe they have a, a union contract coming up, too. I'm not sure when that expires. And so there's there's a lot of animosity here and it's one of those things that could linger once they vote no confidence once that's a, a public um issue you know management never forgives you because you're you're kind of showing them up uh your guys or your members are going to stay you know they're going to stay bitter for a long time this isn't just we voted and we all said yay to voting you know no confidence and then everybody moved on i mean what what you what you tend to see is that it begins here and then it escalates it starts to become do they do protest do they you know god forbid do they do you know a, a sick out things like that that's usually where this goes more so than just you know leaving it at we're, we're not confident in the leadership now have you heard i've heard from police sources that that terrell patchy that he and actually from fire sources as i think of it that he's out IOD, he's out injured on duty for stress. Have you heard that? I have heard that, but I have not been able to confirm that okay. uh, uh, yet. I'm actually still working on it, but but I'll, you know, I'll take your word for it. I think you're well sourced, as well sourced as I am on this stuff. Hey, Dan, what about the Providence City Council that went late into the night, uh, that was well orchestrated, uh, this whole business of defund the police, as much as some people may shrug it off, that sounds like there was a marathon meeting at uh, Providence City Hall the other night. I mean, I, so I've covered Providence, the Providence City Council for a decade now, and I've written multiple stories over the years of the opposite of this story, which is your taxes are going up 
and nobody from the public came out to uh, to testify. I mean, there have been years. There, in fact, there, I'm certain there have been at least two years um, that uh, that zero people from the public showed up to testify for the city budget. This case. Uh, you know, you get nine hours of testimony. That's like a House Finance Committee meeting uh, uh, at the State House. You never see that level of engagement. And you're right; it all stems from uh, you know this this movement uh, that is that's very real. I mean, you you, you just put it pretty well. It, this isn't just you know a, a bunch of uh, or a handful of kind of. Uh, you know, hyper uber liberal types who are trying to, you know, just make a point. There are several members of the city council that want to deeply change the way um, the way police are funded. Uh, there are there are people on the city council who you would normally pin as very pro police, who I think see they see the scenario where there aren't that many police officers who live in the city. There isn't a lot of political ramifications for. Um, escalating some of these conversations. So I, I think the city council is willing to entertain this. Now, you're not going to see, certainly not this year, in this year's budget, you're not going to see a dramatic change in the way policing happens. You're not going to see a bunch of you know officers fired or anything like that. But um, I, I think there is kind of lasting power to this conversation. Uh, it's funny that the speaker actually always, Speaker Mattiello, I remember last year, I think it was about marijuana, maybe it was early this year, kind of said, you know, sometimes it's not the best to be first on these things. Sometimes it's, it's better to wait and see, uh, you know, not to try to, to jump out ahead of everybody. I think that's how Providence officials kind of feel about police. If, if there is some city, you know, in Atlanta or Minneapolis or, or something like that where uh, some sort of tangible change happens, and then there isn't, you know, massive fallout where crime spikes or, uh, or there's a huge pushback because, you know, petty crimes go up. Uh, I, I think they will consider it and they'll, they'll continue to review it. But I don't think I think there are city council members who want Providence to be the first. But I, I think that generally speaking, uh, they're going to kind of take a wait and see approach. But they're not going to pour, you know, cold water on this uh, on this conversation. No. And Dan McGowan, what some people don't realize, there are members of the city council that are right along with the protesters. Now, you know them better than I do. But I know like that. Obviously, that Kat Kerwin. I think council person Rachel Miller. There's another yeah. one uh, council person. Is it N N Nirvana or how do you? Put, I'm oh, not. Uh, Nirva LaFortune. Yes, yeah. another one, and then um, is other, and then you have someone who's very active in Providence. He was a um, senior advisor to Mayor Lorza, and he was the rep and ran for lieutenant governor. I mean, at all of these protests and marches, and and uh, is. Aaron Regenberg carries he's he is a force in Providence for the progressives he's this he's smart I think he's going to Harvard School of uh, Harvard Law or Harvard uh, Kennedy School of Government I mean they are organized they are a force their communication skills are there um they they are a force to be reckoned with well and here's the interesting thing so so number one absolutely uh, uh regenberg the former state rep who, who you know narrowly lost to dan mckee for lieutenant governor uh he's at the harvard law school but you know his heart and soul you know lies in uh in kind of progressive activism and uh he is very much involved in these conversations and is is a popular I mean, showed in providence he's a with the exception of uh, I think the south side of Providence, he did very well across the city when he ran against McKee. So he, he's, a, he's got some level of name recognition. He's kind of adored by a lot of the progressives here. Uh, and then you named a couple of council members, and they're not household names, but here's what's important to know about them. You've got a councilwoman uh, uh, Miller who is on Federal Hill, so she's kind of part of that neighborhood. You've got councilwoman Kerwin. She's up there on Smith Hill. Councilwoman LaFortune, she's on the east side. Suddenly, you have a, a, a you know a, a, a group that's forming of, of councilors who are from all different parts of the city. It actually adds to the narrative that you know this isn't just a handful of people. This is you know the, the representatives, the council people from various neighborhoods, uh, and so I, I think that's what also gives it. Um, 
you know, gives it some momentum. The thing is, if, if you listen closely, what you don't see from any of these council members is anything that, any specifics, right? You hear defund, you hear invest in schools, you hear uh, let's think about the arts more. Well, those are all, you can do all of these things, right? And, and I think that's the belief. I mean, Providence spends a lot of money on its school system despite, despite the outcomes. Uh, you know, Providence has a, a, a very successful police force right now, uh, one that's you know, certainly crime has gone down. And you and I have talked about this. The leadership there, Chief Clements, has been, uh, you know, it's going to end up with a statue probably at some point. Uh, and so I think it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting thing. It's, it's the talk of the moment, uh, but there still isn't a major plan for how you do this. Folks, coming up, we're going to talk about the Christopher Columbus statue and also the situation of PC and a lot more with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe right here on the John DePete. Folks, remember, for all your tree service, well, you want to call Yankee Tree. Call them today, 401-439-6028. Yankee Tree Service, yankeetreeservice.com. What can they do? They do it all. Tree trimming. Experts based right in Lincoln. Tree removal. Since 2006, and also 24-7 emergency service available, call Yankee Tree Service today, 439-6028. 439-6028, whether it's tree removal, stump grinding, tree pruning, emergency service, bucket truck service, and bobcat service. Since 2006, they've been performing tree removal service. On top of that, nothing stumps. Yankee Tree Service, they provide stump grinding. Enjoy your landscape without the eyesore. As far as pruning, well, let them get up there. Oftentimes a tree can be pruned instead of cutting it down. At Yankee Tree Service, their licensed arbiters help you decide what's best, the treatment plan for your tree. And maybe it's an emergency service. Did something come down? Call them today, 439-6028. 439-6028. If they have to, they get right up there in the bucket. Yankee Tree Service, since 2006, tree trimming experts. Give them a call, 439-6028, or online at yankeetreeservice.com. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. I received the nicest email from one of our listeners saying, John DePietro, thank you for telling us about Winfield Termite and Pest Control. I said, hey, thank them. Folks, you can call them today, Winfield Termite and Pest Control, 401-821-7800, online, winfieldpest.com. Rhode Island's most dependable pest control service, Winfield Termite and Pest Control. Remember, family-friendly pest control professionals that you can trust for your home. Call them today, 821 821- 7800. What can Winfield Termite and Pest Control do? Well, remove ants, termites, mice, cockroaches, any pest from your home, yard, business, or commercial property. For a free estimate or to schedule a home inspection, call Winfield Termite and Pest Control today. The team you can depend on. 821 7800. Now, listen, this is going to be a bad tick season, but it won't be. Or mosquitoes. Not if you call Winfield Termite and Pest Control. They can protect you, your family, from ticks, mosquitoes. Now listen, who knows what potential viruses that could be spread, whether it be from a mosquito. This is not the time that you want to get Lyme disease from a tick. You'll be able to enjoy your property, maybe for yourself, for your family, for your grandchildren. Protect your home, your family, and business. And that's what it's about protection i trust winfield termite and pest control to protect you your family your property your home and your business winfield termite and pest control call them today 821-7800 821-7800 winfield termite pest control rhode island's most dependable 
pest control service, a family-friendly pest control professionals. Folks, you're going to love these guys. You can trust. Call them today, 821-7800 or online at winfieldpest.com. Joe Show. Folks, with me is Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. Dan, I just want to follow up on um, what is the relationship, do you know, between Brett Smiley, who is very prominent standing there at the Governor Mundo press briefing, Department of Administration. There's talk that he's going to run for mayor of Providence. But what is the relationship between him and Aaron Ruggenberg? Because one thing, again, I, I, you know, political differences, I disagree with everything that Aaron Ruggenberg uh, what he fights for. But, boy, he, he doesn't just talk the talk. He's at the Wyatt Detention Center. He's at every protest downtown. If that guy decides to run for mayor, he, he would be a force to reckon with. Would they ever run against each other? He would be Brett Smiley's worst nightmare. In fact, I think he is Brett Smiley's worst nightmare okay. still. Uh, the answer is yes. They, I think they would run against each other. Wow. Uh, remember, Brett, Brett Smiley is he's an interesting guy here because while he is he's a bleeding heart liberal, he's a gay man who fought for gay marriage. Um, you know, he, he's obviously very much aligned with the governor because he works for her. Uh, Brett is not seen as a progressive darling by any means. I think I, I think in the city of Providence or the state of Rhode Island, he's much more of a, of a deal maker. He is much more. He, one could argue, he would argue certainly that he's somebody who actually gets things done. Uh, whereas uh, Aaron Regenberg kind of is able to, you know, he, he gets he pulls your heart into this. He, he gets everybody involved. He and, 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 and he's sort of beloved by a lot of that community. Um, and if you remember back to, to 2014 when Brett was running for mayor against Jorge Lorza and a couple other people, um, before they all cut a deal, what was happening was Brett Smiley was losing support uh, on the east side to Jorge Lorza because Jorge Lorza had Aaron Regenberg with him, had a lot of the the, the, the more the more bleeding heart liberals were, were starting to go in his direction. And so while Brett was probably going to uh, eke it out over there on the east side, he kind of saw the writing on the wall. If I can't clean up here, I'm not going to win anywhere else. So I think Aaron Regenberg would be uh, really would be his uh, worst nightmare if he runs. Aaron has dodged those questions. Uh, he hasn't ruled it out by any means. I think he wants to take another shot at lieutenant governor, so he wants to run statewide. Uh, but if he ran for Providence, he would be a, uh, ran for mayor of Providence. He would be a formidable candidate two years from now. Yeah, the guy's not afraid. I'll say he's not afraid to get his fingernails dirty. That's for sure. I mean, he'll oh, grab the sure. the bullhorn, and Trump is a uh, is a Nazi, and you know, let's all get arrested at the detention center. I mean, that. Hey, hey Dan, you know what is also amazing is uh, that city council person, Kat Kerwin who back in the fall said she supported vandalism to the Columbus Day statue, so uh, Columbus, Christopher Columbus statue. So last night, there were police on high alert because there was word that 11 o'clock, a group of people were going to get together and tear down that Christopher Columbus statue right at a Reservoir Avenue in Elmwood. And Kerwin was in the news last month going after those PC kids for standing outside. They're having a parade. They're not wearing masks, and they're racist. Providence College has vandalism at this cemetery. Uh, anti-Catholic uh, graffiti, swastikas, flags burned. Dan McGowan, silence from the city council person of that area. The only person that I can find that condemned the actions of the vandalism of PC where Councilman Igliosi spoke up. That's right, that's right. And I believe Councilman Salvatore put out a statement as oh, well and, okay. and was, was upset. Oh, I, I, meant Salvatore. Right. I meant Salvatore. Okay, I'm sorry. That's I don't know about Igliosi, but definitely it was David Salvatore that did. It does, by no means. I'm sure it doesn't surprise you uh, that that there that nobody er, that, that Councilman Kerwin didn't speak up. She she sees these things as uh, I guess two different issues, but they're clearly the same. Uh, you know, this is a, a what happened at PC was not just disgraceful. I mean, it was it was heartbreaking. And in fact, uh, when things like this have happened on the east side of Providence, I mean, there's been protests or, or, you know, press conferences in the middle of the street. I mean, I, I can remember when, when I, I think there was a piece of Nazi propaganda or a swastika that one person saw on the east side of Providence and you had 10 people hold a press conference a couple of years ago right yeah. after President Trump got elected, uh, if you recall that. And so you're not seeing very much at all. Now, to the credit of Providence College, Providence College took care of this very quickly. I think they cleaned everything up very quickly. Uh, the 
I know that neighborhood. I live over there. That neighborhood was was on high alert that night. And nobody nobody quite knew what was going on. Uh, and, and luckily, the Providence police did a good job and in, in, in took care of it. But no, you're right. I mean, the, 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 it's clearly a, a, a little bit of a, a double standard. Is strong. That may be true, but uh, it's clear that there is momentum from some folks in the city to. Uh, you know, take down what that's uh, take down the Columbus statue, but there's 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 hesitance on on other issues. Uh, there's there's no doubt that that's the, the truth. Dan, there there was an eyewitness on the PC campus that said that the individual is arrested. He's accused. He's a suspect. He's from Rhode Island. He went to Rhode Island College or goes there. He's 26 years old. Uh, Kayvon, and then they said he was mentioning plantations, and then suddenly they saw the fires in there. Dan McGowan, I'll I'll just you know just one time. I I mean I think you would agree with me. If the if the person who was arrested for this, or if no one had been arrested, but if the person that had been arrested was wearing a Make America Great Again hat and happened to look like like me, uh, I would believe there would have been a press conference yesterday with Kat Kerwin and Mayor Lors and all of them lined up condemning this type of hatred from going on in the community. Not just a press conference, they'd have banned the person, they banned the guy from the city of Providence. Yes, yeah, amazing. So, hey, Dan, also, I think it's interesting because I was the one that asked the question um, at the governor about, and Dr. Scott, about the testing. Because I've heard from a number of people, they hear, oh, okay, it's a free test, let's go test it. And especially, I guess, some elderly people find, or different people, they just caught off guard that they put that swab, boom, like right up your nose, as far as it can go till it hits pressure. And your colleague, uh, and I'm glad, Ed Fitzpatrick, he went and get, did get tested, and as much as he said it was painless, Dr. Scott did kind of entertain my question, said both her and Governor Mundo, they are looking for maybe a little bit of a non-intrusive test for the coronavirus as opposed to the one they're offering right now. Well, thank, first of all, thank you for asking the question, because it's one that we, we're getting those emails, too, from, from and, and, you know, calls from people who say, you know, it isn't exactly painful, but it's not, uh, the, you know, it's not a walk in the park, either. And, uh, and I knew Ed had gotten tested recently after some of the protests, and he talked about it, he said the same thing, and we were kind of, honestly, we were laughing about it. And then you asked the question, and we talked about it after you asked, and, and I said, Look, you should do a story on it. Explain what it's like, because I think we're at a point now uh, in the virus where when, when you see you know, almost 20 percent or so of, of people in the state, as they say, have been tested. Now, you know, it's entirely possible that you don't know anybody who has gotten the virus, at least to, 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 to their knowledge. But I think we all now at some point know uh, somebody who has been tested for it. And when you're talking about it, when you're you know sitting around the dinner table, you, you, you talk about how kind of awkward it feels and how it's not the nicest, uh, you know, most pleasant experience. Uh, I, I think it was important to be able to tell you know the eighty percent out there who who don't know uh, uh, who, who haven't had the test yet, kind of what it's like. And, and you know, Ed's a grown man, and Ed was fine. And he, I think he tested. I know he tested negative. But uh, he agreed. He agreed with the, the folks that, have, that, that that reached out to you. It is not. Uh, it is just not that pleasant to do. Now, I don't know what the answer is because I think I, I believe they said this to you. The the the, uh, the challenge is that the less invasive or intrusive that, that some of these um, tests are, I think the less reliable they are, and that becomes more of a problem. I think they think this one, the, the uh, you know, jamming the, the nasal swab up your nose, they think that's the one that is. Uh, at least the most uh, the most accurate, which, you know, you, of course, want accurate numbers. Yeah, one of the people I talked to was a, is a police officer, and he said, you know what? It hurt. It hurt. His eyes were watering. He was caught off guard. He's like, ow, oh, ow, oh, that, like, really hurt. And again, he wasn't, yeah, it's not pleasant. He wasn't crying, but his, his eyes were watering, and he was like, wow, that is not what I was expecting in any way, and it just kind of freaked him out a little bit. Hey, Dan McGowan, finally, when we talk about quality of life and they're talking about defunding the police, Boy, you, you have written about it. It is not people's imagination. The fireworks going off in Providence. It sounds this year it's worse than ever. Yeah, I mean, like 10 times worse if you if you were to factor in complaints. It's more than 10 times worse uh, in Providence. And I think in Cranston they're saying it's, they're getting seven times more calls. Uh, I see it every single night. And look, I like fireworks. I think they're fun. I completely, you know, usually write this off. Every year around, you know, June and July, 
you start to hear more fireworks. Kids get their hands, we say kids, people get their hands on them. Uh, and, you, you know, it becomes a little bit annoying. But usually I'm, I'm the person who says, oh, just let, let the kids be kids. It's fine. As long as everybody's safe, it is, you know, it'll be over soon. But it is noticeable. I mean, I, I live in Mount Pleasant in Providence, and I feel like in every direction, every night, you're seeing more fireworks uh and and you know again while i tend to say you know i don't mean to be you know kind of a get off my lawn guy one they're dangerous you are seeing in parts of the country where fires are breaking out uh people do get hurt and they scare people they yeah. scare older people they scare dogs they scare kids and so uh it's very clear what we can't figure out is why the only the only reasonable kind of theory is that because you're starting to see uh you know a lot of fireworks celebrations canceled i think a lot of these vendors that sell these things are just trying to get rid of them hmm. and maybe they're cheaper maybe they're just they're easier to come by than they than, than normal and i think that's what the and also john people are bored right yeah you know, months and months in the house i think you're just looking for more things to do and, and it's it's been good weather and so you those are all factors i think that play into this Folks, each day I start my day with a uh, email from Dan McGowan. It's called uh, Roadmap. And Dan, how can people listening get it? Yeah, every single day, uh, every weekday, you're going to get uh, a, a little bit of new reporting from me. We broke the story about the the police union voting, uh, wanting to vote no confidence, things like that. Uh, you're going to get a roundup of the stories that, that we're uh, we're working on and that we've done, and then you're going to get uh, another kind of roundup or update on what's happening today. The governor's press conference at one o'clock. The congressman Cicilline is you know speaking in D.C. Things like that. Uh, and so if you, if you just send a blank email, know what it is, a blank email to rinews at globe.com, rinews at globe.com. Uh, I'll sign you up. You'll, you'll start getting those emails first thing tomorrow morning. Folks, he's Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. Dan, great job. We'll talk to you again. Stay safe. Have a good one, John. Thanks. This portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by MEGA, MEGA Professionals. Call them today, 508 336 7801 508-336-7801. Now, what exactly do they do, MEGA Professionals? They are here to help you run your business by finding you workers. And maybe you need workers. Maybe you need drivers, workers, certified help, part-time, full-time, weekend work, uh, local, aka sleep-at-home drivers, class A, B, non-CDL, warehouse workers, mechanics, skilled workers, labor, healthcare professionals, office professionals. You need workers. You need MEGA, M-E-G-A, professionals. You're trying to run your business. Listen, it's a hassle trying to hire people, go through all the resumes, set up the interviews. Instead, it's one phone call to help you with your company. MEGA professionals, 508-336-7801, 508-336-7801 for MEGA professionals. Attention business owners. In today's world, customers judge you by your website. And for most people, their first introduction to your business or company is your website. Karen Etchells at InnoVest is here to help. Give her a call at 401-321-2799. Hey, now it's 2020. You got to freshen up that old website design that Al Gore invented. If you've been thinking about updating your website or if you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business, you could receive a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional. And she's been doing this work for 25 years. Contact Karen Etchells at InnoVest Digital Marketing. She will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Give Karen a call for a free consultation at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. It's John DePietro. Listen, folks, this is a unique situation. But instead of wasting the time by just watching television or old episodes of old movies, instead, clean up your home, clean up your attic, clean up your basement and your garage. Call Brothers Disposal today, 401-688-0517. Call them for a free estimate. They will deliver a dumpster right to your home do some spring cleaning use this time to finally clean that out that old junk from your basement from your attic from your garage 
do some spring cleaning use this unique time call brothers disposal today 401-688-0517 they'll come to your home they will drop off a dumpster you load it up tell them whenever it is maybe it stays for a week maybe it stays for a weekend maybe it stays for one day call brothers disposal today free estimate 401-688-0517 stop watching netflix do something productive finally clean up your home clean out that garage or the attic or the basement call brothers disposal today 401-688-0517 free estimate 401 401- 688-0517 it's brother's disposal and let's get a dumpster in the driveway you're listening to the john DePietro show folks weekdays we start at 11 we go until 2 it's a.m 1380 remember now providence and north of providence i want you to try the 99.9 fm 99.9 fm you can always listen online at the website. Visit it, depetro.com, D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com. Right on the top on the left-hand side, you'll see where it says Listen Live. Just click on that. Anywhere in the world, you can listen while we're live on the air. And then right below that, on the dashboard at the website, you'll see where it says Radio Show. If you ever miss any part of the show, you just click on Radio Show, and folks, boom, there it is. You can pull it up. It's all in library fashion. And remember, the uh, Facebook Live is very, very popular. Check out the Facebook page. It's John DePietro Show on Facebook. And then you can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram and also on YouTube. Again, it's all under John DePietro Show. This portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by Lawn Doctor. Call today your best lawn ever guaranteed. 401-392-1025. 401 392 392-1025 or online they have a great website lawndoctor.com what do they do well outdoor pest control annual program lawn care service they make great lawns happen lawn doctor at island your lawn care company love your lawn best lawn guaranteed call them today 401-392-1025 free uh consultation and estimate 401 401- 392-1025 Lawn Doctor. And now is the time because you can get the early spring, the crabgrass control, time release fertilizer, professional blend of high calcium line, Lawn Doctor. Go online, check them out. It's lawndoctor.com or call them today, 401-392-1025. Lawn Doctor. Mega Logistics. They're there to help you. Give them a call today, 401-431-2300. MEGA, MEGA Logistics. If you have freight, you need freight, goods, third-party brokerage for your company, your housing and transportation. How about custom freight, supply chain management, routing, bill auditing, customer developing, proven track record with Fortune 500 companies. You can depend on MEGA, MEGA Logistics. Call them today, 401 401- 431-2300. Does that sound like your company? Maybe you have freight or you need freight goods, third-party brokerage, warehousing, transportation, custom freight. They have the experience. Call them today. MEGA Logistics, 401-431-2300. 